Thanks for tuning in to the Met Church Podcast. Here at the Met, we are all about connecting people to God and one another. If you have any questions or want more information about what's going on here at the church, then head to our website at metchurch.com. We would love to stay connected with you throughout the week through social media, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, enjoy the message. How are we doing this morning? Happy there. Come on. How, how are we doing this morning? Come on, give it to me. Yeah. Good, good, good. We are glad that you're here. Before I go any further, I just want to say um, on behalf of Bill and Shannon and Billy and the entire Ramsey family, uh, they just want me to let you know just how thankful uh, they are for all of your love, your support, and your prayers through this time that they have truly felt them and, and, uh, and appreciate that. They also want me to thank all of you who came out for uh, Cindy's memorial service yesterday. It was an incredible service for an incredible woman, and uh, she is going to be deeply, deeply missed. Um, but we also know that her legacy is going to live on because Cindy's fingerprints are on everything that we do here. We've been in a series called this is us, and we've been talking about why we do what we do. And the reason why we do what we do is because Bill and Cindy answered the call that, that God placed on their hearts to start a church, a church that was different, a church that was, that was reaching out to, to lost people, a church that was reaching out to, to people who would have never thought about stepping into church, to, to reach out to people who were uh, dissatisfied with church. And they wanted to create a place that, that people would come so they could connect them to God and to one another and to help them grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. Because we feel that it's your relationship with Jesus is the most important thing in your life. See, when you have a strong relationship with Jesus, not only is life better, but you're better at life. And so this whole thing of why we do what we do is to help you grow in that relationship. And when we say grow, we're talking about growing your faith. We want you to grow your faith, grow your belief, grow your trust in God, because we know that you're gonna face a lot of difficulty in life, that you're gonna face a lot of trials, and you could turn to different things in life than when you go through things, but we want you to turn to God. We want you to trust God. We want you to depend on God in all things. And so this series is about what we do to help grow your faith. And this week, we're gonna kinda target our mission statement. We're gonna go at connecting you to God and to one another because we know this is what God wants you to do. We're gonna talk about how connection matters. And to do that, I'm gonna ask our connections pastor, Dallas Avaya, to come up and, and join me. And uh, if you're not familiar with Dallas, Dallas oversees the group that if you're visiting with us, he's the one that, they, they're the ones that welcome you here. His whole team is the one that makes you feel at home and welcome here. They're the ones that help you try to find out how our, serve can, our church can best serve you. But he also oversees all of the people that make all of us feel welcome, that make everything go, because we understand that the message doesn't start when you're in this room. The message starts when you drive onto our, our property. And so he's over the team that makes you feel welcome from the parking lot all the way through the doors, all the way into this room. And, and, uh, and so he does a great job with those, those incredible teams that uh, make the Met what it is. So if you could help me as we invite Dallas Avaya to come out here. Come on, Dallas. How are we doing? Doing well. Doing well, good. I'm doing well. Good, good to see y'all. Good. As you can tell, Dallas is our, our resident hipster. Thank with the, you. With the thing going on here. And, uh, and so we're glad you're here. But they might not know, know a lot about you, so why don't you give us a little hint on who you are? Absolutely. Well, it is great to see your beautiful faces this morning. 
Uh, my name is Dallas Ovaya, and I am from San Antonio, Texas. Go Spurs, go. <laughs> Did you hear that? Um, I am definitely not bitter that our former superstar is leading a team to an NBA title right yeah. now. Um, more than that, um, I have uh, been married. This week will be eight years to my incredible wife, Jamie. Yay. Thank you. We have two awesome kiddos, Landry Bell, which I hope that you meet and know. She's just a sweetheart. Uh, she is four, about to be five, and start kindergarten. Uh, and then my youngest, Jet, he is two. Um, and Jet is what I call my prayer child. Um, not that he prays, but he causes me to pray all <laughs> the time. Is it, That's what he does. Um, I have been fortunate to be in ministry for over 10 years in some capacity. And uh, here at the Met, I help with, as Rob said, the Connections Ministry. We have an incredible team that um, oversees that. So the Connections Ministry is two parts. It is part volunteer, the people that you see that make the weekend happen. And the other part is our first time guest. So I've been here, uh, next week will be two years actually. Yeah. And uh, in, in that two years, if you have come and uh, say you got a text, hey, how was your experience? That has come from the Connections team. So I'm really honored uh, just for what we're doing. And I hope today we can kind of share some of our heart with you. Good, yeah, we, uh, we're gonna talk today about Connection Matters, but I've gotta kind of brag on his team here because uh, all of you that are part of that, that made that memorial service, the volunteers were off, Absolutely. off the chain, man. They were just yeah. unbelievable of what they did to make everybody feel welcome to come in and, and be there. We thank you so much for what you did. I mean, we were in here, we were in overflow. There were so many cars and to get everybody out, it, it was just a great team. I was talking to one of your volunteers and they actually said that, um, that there was somebody who was at the, the viewing on Friday and came again on, on Saturday to the service and uh, they're from out of town. And they said they've never been at a church that they felt more welcomed and at home than at this church. And they fact that they were going to go back to their church and say, we got to step it up. We got to step it up for what we're doing. So this team does an amazing, amazing job. So why does Connection Matters? So I had a feeling that he was going to ask me this. And maybe it's because we rehearsed. But I'm a little prepared to answer. So one of the very first things that I learned in college was that it's always important when you're talking to a group of people to kind of define the terms that you use. So the word connection, if I kind of went around and we asked some different people, we might get a different response. So I wanna be sure we're talking about the same thing. So here are some definitions for the word connection. So one says, the fact or state of having something in common. Two says, a place where two or more things are united and this is one of my personal favorites, the act of joining two or more things into one. So this idea of connection, it's very closely related to unity. And one of the ways I thought about unity, um, how could I describe that best? I thought about a quote that I've heard before. Unity isn't everyone doing the same thing, it's everyone doing different things in the same direction. What we'll talk about this morning is that you have uh, a calling to, to be involved in connection, but maybe those connections are, are different, but we know that all of those are pursuing the same goal, the same direction. So to kind of answer that question, why does connection matter? Connection matters because it's life-changing. Mm -hmm. Connection matters because it's life-enriching, and I hope that that's what you walk away with today. So it, 
we emphasize that here um, in, in two ways. In our mission statement, we, connect people, we aim to connect people to God and to one another. That's what we'll talk a little bit about this morning. Yes, yes. And the thing that we want you to also understand, this isn't a either or. When we're talking about connect to God, we want an, it's, it's a both because the, the Bible stresses that. And we want to look at a, a passage of scripture that actually talks about this in Ecclesiastes 4. And you can take it up here. You're kind of in the way of what Am I'm trying I, to do. See, I'm telling you, me, see everything. It's That's my a, hair. I apologize. I no. It says, two are better than one because they have a good return on their labor. And uh, uh, Solomon is kind of talking about this more in a business sense or, or in uh, actually a production of trying to get something done. And, and if any of you have ever tried to build anything, I was uh, talking to Dallas this before. I can remember when my kids were little and they wanted one of those um, those wooden uh, backyard swing sets. Have anybody mm-hmm. got any of those things in your house? It comes like in 4,000 pieces. Have you ever seen that thing? Yeah. I mean, you see it in somebody's yard and they think it comes like this. No, it doesn't. It comes in a big old box. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, man, two better than one. I mean, I, I think five's better than one. I'm just <laughs> telling you, if I was doing to do it by myself, I'd still be building this thing. But that's really what he was talking about. He was saying that we need other people because we need people to help get things done. And he says, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. If either one's having trouble at the time or something's going on, you've got somebody there to help you. That's it uh, to make that happen. And then he talks about why, why it is so important for you to be connected. He says, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Now think about this. Have you ever seen somebody fall financially and there was nobody there for them? Have you ever seen anybody fall physically? There was an illness, they were going through something and there was nobody there for them. Have you ever seen a marriage fall? Maybe there was, there was a, a moral issue and the, the husband is crying out, that the, the wife is crying out, and there was nobody there for them. Now think about it. If this happened to you, are you connected to somebody that's gonna help you through this? That's gonna help pick you up through this? Because Solomon is saying, if you're not connected anyway, pity you, because things are gonna go on in your life, and you need people there to get you through what you're going on. And then he kind of changes the imagery. He says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. Now, I know that's kind of an imagery we don't think of because we don't think about walking down the street and all of a sudden we're gonna be overpowered by people. So I kind of changed the, the word there and I think overwhelmed because we can all identify with that. We can all go through things that just seem to overwhelm us. And we know and we probably experience this that when we face overwhelming experiences, it's always better to have somebody. Whether you believe in God or not, you understand this. And Solomon is saying, this is what God is telling you. You need people in your life because you're gonna face some overwhelming circumstances. And then he says something I think we're all kind of familiar with. He says, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And this is when he's saying that it's not be connected to God or to someone else. He's saying, you need to be connected God and somebody else. And God needs to be the center of that relationship. And when God is the center of this relationship. If God is the reason why you are being brought together, that you are being connected, that's when you're gonna be able to hold through because we're all gonna go through something. We're all gonna face difficulties. And it's through that relationship that you're gonna stand. So when I started looking at this verse, the, the first verse that stood out to me was this uh, Ecclesiastes 4.12. 
A quarter of three strands is not quickly broken. So as a pastor, I have definitely used this verse uh, in a wedding, Mm -hmm. for sure. I think as pastors, we've kind of turned this into uh, really a, a marriage passage. But I think for me to kind of understand it a little bit better, Um, one of the things I wanted to do is be a little more visual with it. So I went to Home Depot and I went to somebody and I said, "Um, number one, what's a cord? Um, (laughs) Then I said, what's a cord of three strands? And they gave me this. And I said, okay, looks like something you'd like tie on a tire swing, you know, something Uh like that. Um, But have you ever seen one of these? It's like, it's just braided together, right? And there's three elements to this and together, this is what it makes. So I want you to just for a second with me, I want you to pretend maybe this one strand right here, maybe that's that's just you by yourself. That's just you. So I said, okay, you know, see how it's kind of kind of frays easy. I can get some scissors. I'm a professional. Don't try this at home. (laughs) You know, you can kind of cut this up. Uh, See how easy that falls off. Somebody's gonna have to clean this up and I apologize. Uh, See kind of how easy that come, see that? I just kind of took that apart pretty easy. And then I said, what if I, got, what if I got two of them? So say this is you and, and maybe, maybe connected to God. We got those together. I might not be able to do it with scissors, but I got a pocket knife. <laughs> maybe I can, you can't see this. You're packing up this here. Is, I am. This is kind of like an infomercial, yeah, right? Like, <laughs> For 1995, I'm just kidding. I can cut this through. Pretty quickly, I can get through that, those two cords that are together. But when I get to three all together, now it gets a little bit, I think it's a little bit harder there. Uh, it doesn't help that I'm not that strong. But <laughs> this cord together, think about it this way, that if, if this was you and this was connecting to God and this was connecting to one another, how much firmer is that as you walk through spiritual life, as you walk through different trials and different things, being connected to God and to one another for us, it's, it's, so, it's so vital. Yeah. And so... And I think it's also countercultural. I look at this passage and I think two are better than one. Think about some of the advice that you have ever gotten in your life. I grew up with some incredible theologians, one of those being Destiny's Child. <laughs> and one of the things that Destiny's Child told me, Beyonce, for those of you who don't know who that is, <laughs> one of the things that Destiny's Child said is, I depend on me. That's what Beyonce said. This idea that independence for us is of the utmost importance. Believe in yourself, you can do it all alone. And I want you to have confidence in who God made you, and we'll talk about that. But there is very much this idea in scripture, two's better than one, and he even goes further. He says, if one of you fall down, the other can pick you up. So he gives us this illustration of why this is true. And it may be countercultural to what you hear. Hey, do it yourself. We want you to be partnered with God and with one another because we know that makes the most successful spiritual journey for you. Yes. You know, when you're kind of tearing this apart, and I was, I started thinking of Galatians 6, which says, carry each other's burdens. And I'm like going, if we're going to do this and you're going to hang something, you know, like a tree swing, wouldn't you rather this be hung than this one little thing? And we need to realize that we're all gonna face difficulties. And the more that we have on that rope to hold us is what's gonna happen. And the idea of carrying each other's burdens means that we've gotta be close enough, we've gotta be connected enough to know what somebody's going through. And that goes for you. You've gotta be connected enough with other people so they know what you're going through. 
because you don't wanna have your life hanging on the balance that it's just you. And that's why you wanna be connected to, to, to people, to what's going on here. So what are some of the things that we can take from, from this verse? So I think there are, there are three things that we see in this verse. And the first is that connection is innate. Mm-hmm. Within you and I, there is a desire to connect. Genesis 2, 18, this is God. He's talking to Adam in the garden. He says, the, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone and I will make a helper suitable to him. This idea of connection is already natural within us. If you look around you, you already have connection. And there's some introverts in the room that are saying, I know, I want to be connected with people. I just want everyone to be connected in their homes separately at their own times. <laughs> I get that. I understand that. Um, it reminds me, you know, a few months ago, um, so I, I kind of take the kids out. I let them, okay, let's pick where you want to eat. And uh, Landry really only likes a couple of places. Um, I won't make a shout out to any specific place because you know, we're doing live and you know, I'm not getting paid for that. So, <laughs> but one of the places that she does love um, sells the Lord's Chicken, Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and they love to go into the playground at Chick-fil-A. So let me take a time out really quick. If you are a parent that loves to let your kiddos play at Chick-fil-A, number one, please watch them so that I don't have to, okay? (laughs) Just please do that. Okay, time in. I just wanted to add that in. (laughs) But we're there and we're at Chick-fil-A. And if you know my sweet Landry, she, she talks to everybody. She says hi to everybody. She's just very, very friendly. She doesn't know a stranger at all. And Landry just, you know, she's in one of those, it's one of those days she wants to go and be everybody's friend. It's packed out in there. And one specific little girl, she decided that she was the teacher of the Chick-fil-A playground. That's what she said anyway. She was a teacher. And so she was telling everybody, be quiet. Hey, you guys got to sit down over here. She's trying to control this crowd of, you know, there's like 14 kids or something in there. And Landry runs up to her and Landry says, hey, good morning. How are you? Whatever. And And the little girl says, shh. And, and Landry's like, mm, and she kind of walks to me and she's got a sad face. And, uh, and she's like, dad, she's being mean to me. She don't want to be my friend. And so I did two things. One, I got the teacher fired. That, that's, that's, not how you treat, that's not how you treat your students. Um, but two, I got down to Landry's level and I just said, I said, love, I, I want to tell you something, okay? Uh, I said, I said not, not every person is going to be your friend. I'm sorry to tell you that, I know that's tough, but just not every person is gonna be your friend. And so the little girl, she left and all that. But kind of the takeaway from that that I can give to you is that when you hear about connection, you might think, okay, well, because it's innate, then every single connection around me is for me. Well, that's not necessarily the case. Uh, Not every connection point is for you. It depends on where you are, it depends on your season. And so don't hear us sit up here this morning and say, okay, jump in both feet and every single thing we've got, that's what you need to be doing. We know that God is working on you. We know that God is doing things in your life, um, but we know that not every single connection point is going to be for you, just like what I was trying to teach Landry there. (laughs) That's it. You know, I think what's so hard for a lot of people, because we do all have different personalities of of that, but realize that that actually is an aid in us, that that we are, God wants us to be connected. We uh, did a thing with the the staff, we did those Enneagrams, Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm I'm a a 138, and when people hear that, they just go, oh, 
because um, it's, that's not the best relational. I, th- I think from us doing that, we took the, the strength finders as well, and they break them into all these um, categories, the four different ones, and one of those is relational building, and I have none in there. And so, <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm just more this uh, leader strategy, kind of this kind of achiever part, but what I've learned in that, that I can't do things by myself and that God didn't want me to do things by myself. And this is something that we have to, 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 to understand that we do need to be connected. And when we uh, look at 1 Corinthians 12, it says the human body has many parts, but many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. See, we're all individuals, but we all make up the body of Christ. You might've heard Bill talk about this before, but he said, if you see a hand that's connected to a wrist, that's connected to a forearm, that's connected to the shoulder, that looks normal, it looks how it should be. But if you take the same hand and you put it on the ground over there in front of it and it's not connected to anything else, that it'll freak everybody out because it's like, that looks wrong. Well, it's the same with the body of Christ. If you're not connected, you're freaking people out, okay? (laughs) I mean, it's sort of like, what's going on with you? You should be connected. That's how God designed those things because what happens is we are one body and we are supposed to be connected. And if you are not connected to what's going on and connected to other people, then what happens is our, our body's missing you. Because God has put us all together to form different functions. We all aren't gonna be hands, we're all not gonna be wrists, we're all not gonna be legs, we're not all gonna be feet, but together we make up the body of Christ. And so that's why this is so important that we, we embrace the fact that, that God wants us to be together with each other. Remember in, in Luke 10, when Jesus was sending out Um, the disciples, he was sending out the 72. And this is, remember, I know we always hear the 12, but Jesus had a lot of followers and he was sending them out. He said, the harvest is, 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 is ready. And so he sends them out, but he sends them out two by two. He said, because you need each other. That if we're going to, we're going to see change, we're going, to, we're going to see life change, we need you to be connected to each other. And they all come back and they're just overjoyed by the life change they saw. Well, that's what we do here at the church because we have people that are seeking Jesus all the time. And we want you to be connected because you can be a part of seeing somebody's life change. And it's in you. So that's why we want you to be connected. And it kind of goes to our next point is the fact that it's important. So connection is important. Read, read this verse with me. Matthew 22. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert of the law, tested him uh, with this question. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest command. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. Mm -hmm. So connection is important, even to Jesus. When they ask him, if you've ever thought to yourself, if I could ask God just one question, hey, what is the meaning to life? What am I supposed to do with life while I'm here? Well, you're in luck because somebody asked that question and you got an answer. And the answer he gives you is he said, love the Lord and love your neighbor. So we know that everything we're doing, it hinges on this this love, this idea of love. But can you love somebody that you're not connected to? It's not possible. So when we talk about being connected, we know that it's important because number one, God has said that it's important, but two, that there are multiple ways that we see in scripture over and over again that he wants us 
to connect with people. And that's through the power of love and, and what he's doing. We didn't invent, as a Met church, we didn't invent the idea of connecting to God and one another. We took that from scripture. Um, I, I want you to think about this. Think about the best positive memory that you have just in your whole life. Think about the best memory that you have. I want you to raise your hand if that memory involves another person. Yeah, it's probably almost all of us because connection is important. Connection is innate. It's something within us that we, we desire connection with people and it's so important that the greatest memories we create, they often happen with other people. They do. And I think that's what we have to realize that, that when we love God, we're being connected to God. When we love others, we're being connected to other people. And what's interesting about uh, this, this passage that you talked at is that when Jesus traveled, he traveled with a lot of, a lot of people. Everybody followed him. He always gathered great crowds, but not everybody that was in the crowd was actually for Jesus. There was a lot of time there were Pharisees there who were trying to trip him up and, 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 uh, and try to get, uh, really discourage people from following Jesus. Well, that's why he asked this question. And Jesus adds that second part of loving one another. See, all the Jews understood about loving God. See, they all understood, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and mind, because that was in Deuteronomy 6. And that was something they grew up uh, reciting as children. They all understood that. But then he added this second part. And what's interesting, when you, when you see this uh, passage, if you, if you move over to Luke, and I've got the, the Luke passage here, this, another Pharisee, Jesus is speaking at another time, and uh, he asks them the same question. What, what do I need to do to have eternal life? What, what do you want me to do? And, and Jesus looks at him and goes, well, you're the expert. Why don't you tell me? And the guy says, well, it's love the Lord your God. And he says, and love your neighbor as yourself. And, and Jesus answered correctly. So this was out of context of normal. So we don't know if it was the same guy from Matthew that was talking to him again because he's still trying to trip him up. See, they understood um, love your neighbor, but in Leviticus, uh, Leviticus 19, I believe, um, it says that we're to love your neighbor, but they thought neighbors were fellow Jews. See, they believed that loving one another was, was uh, exclusive. It wasn't everybody. And so now he tries to trip Jesus up and he answers, he says to him, but what do I must uh, do to justify myself? He asks, who is my neighbor? So he's trying to get Jesus to say something other than Jews because that's what they all grew up understanding. And that's when Jesus tells us the story of the the good Samaritan. Remember that uh, when Jesus gives that parable and he's talking about this, this man who was beaten and left for dead on the side of the road. And uh, a Levite and a, and a priest go by. And these are, again, experts of the law. It's great how when Jesus would tell his stories, he would always include people that were listening. And uh, so here's an expert, and he's saying, these two people that knew the law were, saw him, and they passed by on the other side and kept going and did nothing. He said, then a Samaritan comes. Now, you gotta remember that Samaritans and Jews did not hang out, okay? This was something that Jews wouldn't talk to Samaritans. They wouldn't have anything to do with them at all. In fact, probably in the story, when they were hearing the story, they probably thought it was probably a Samaritan that, that hurt this Jewish guy that, that uh, put him in this situation. But he says the Samaritan comes by and he actually helps this, this man. And he does everything he needs to do to nurse this man back to health. And so Jesus looks at him and he says, you tell me who was a neighbor to him. And the expert had to say, well, it was the Samaritan. And he says, well, go and do likewise. Mm -hmm. And the reason why it's so important 
for us to love God and love one another and to be connected is because it's important to God. And he was saying this in this illustration is that you could be any of those people in that story. You could have been the guy that was beaten and left for dead. You could have been the priest or the Levite that passed by on the other side. Or you could be the Samaritan. And he says, when you're connected and you care about people, you're gonna do the right thing. And that's why it's so important for us to be connected because we can all be at different parts in our life and we need people in our lives that are gonna care enough and they're not gonna pass by us on the other side. And that kind of leads us to our last point, which is that it's influential. So connection is influential. And I think of all the points we talk about this morning, uh, this kind of is the, the hardest one to take in. And that's because I think a lot of us, we might be in a season where we say, I, let's put the brakes on that. I don't wanna be influential. I need, I need some time to focus on myself. But there are people around you already. It could, be, it could be family members. It could be your spouse, your kids. They look to you. We live in a social media world where people look to you and they say, well, that's what I want to be like. You have influence right now uh, over certain people, even if you don't know it. So Hebrews 10, 24, it says this, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. So connection is influential. And when I look at this passage, again, back to what I said before, I like to kind of define terms and look at that. I look at this, you know, that we may spur one another. I'm from San Antonio. All I think about is basketball. So (laughs) I said, "What, what can I do? So I look this up and the word spur, it's almost this idea to, to provoke, to kind of irritate, you know, to, to kind of like prod and push. So your children are not misbehaving. They're spurring you on is what they're doing. <laughs> but it doesn't just say that we spur one another on and go and do that. What it says is we spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Remember the previous verse, you love the Lord and you love your neighbor. We spur one another on. Influence works two ways. You are influential to people and they are influential to you. And so we know though that when you are connected with God and with other people, that you have the right kind of influence over people. Paul himself, Paul who calls himself the chief among sinners, he says in 1 Corinthians, follow me as I follow Christ. He doesn't just say, okay, and go and follow Christ. He says, follow me as I follow Christ. That's boldness. It's boldness and influence. He knows that the Corinthian church is looking to him, that he's a spiritual leader for them and he wants to lead well. And so he says, follow me as I follow Christ. But again, this is a guy who knows there are times he does things he doesn't wanna do, but he's always pursuing God. He's always trying to be, Better, And he just owns this idea that connection is influential. And so my prayer is that you would consider the same, that there's influence that you have when you make the right connection, it is influential and that you will do it to spur one another toward love and toward good deeds. Well, that's, I think, you know, saying that Dallas, that's why as a church, we've kind of adopted the idea that circles are better than roads. You're sitting in rows right now, and we love you to be in rows. We want you to come be in rows every single weekend. We want you to be here. Mm -hmm. But you're shoulder to shoulder. 
We put you in circles. We want you to connect you with other people because we want you to be eye to eye. Because see, when you're eye to eye with, with somebody, you can actually see what is going on in their life. You can actually that, uh, really kind of form that connectedness that we actually are there for each other. There's another verse that I want us to look at in, in Hebrews 3. And it says, see to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Now, at first glance, when you look at this verse, you almost kind of question yourself, well, who in their right mind would turn away from God? I mean, who, who, would, who, would, who would know that this is how God wants me to live? Who would know this is what God wants me to do? Who would know all those things and then do something else? Who would do that? Well, we'd all do that. We've all done that. We all know what God wants us to do. We all know what, what God, how God wants us to live, but sometimes it just doesn't happen. And he's putting the onus on brothers and sisters. That means you've got to be connected to people because it says we're to see to it that this doesn't happen to each other. That's what he's talking about, that we're gonna make sure it doesn't happen to each other. And he says, but encourage one another. And this is a different version of the, the word spur that you were talking about, Dallas. And, and it's the idea that when we're encouraging each other, it's not that we're on the sidelines or in the stands cheering each other on as somebody goes on. It's the fact that we're on the field and we're playing the game with them so that we're there to give them what they need when they need it. That when they need a hug, we're there for a hug. But when we need a stern talking to and say, man, you gotta stop doing this. That we're there for that as well. Then we're to encourage each other daily. As long as it's called today, that means this isn't a one-time thing. That's why it's this, this connectivity is so important because you need to know what's going on in each other's lives every single day. And it says, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. See, here's the thing you have to understand, that when you come to church, that we want you to get connected because when we know that when you leave church, you're gonna have so many things that are gonna be pulling for your time and your attention to get you away from here. That's what you don't understand. Think about all the things when you get outside these doors that are trying to get you to not come back here. Think about all the things that are going on in your life right now that are telling you, ah, I don't have time for God right now. I don't have time for church right now. This is what it's talking about. And that's why connection to us is so important because you can influence, you can change somebody's life because you're in their life. Mm -hmm. And that's why this is so important. So with that being said, Dallas, what is the, the steps that we need to do to actually make this happen? So I think about it in this way. When Landry was 12 months old, one year and one day, she took her very first step. 12 years and one day. I wish she would have done it on her actual birthday. It would have been a better story, but that's fine. <laughs> Jet, on the other hand, 12 months comes, and I think, wow, tomorrow Jet's gonna walk. <laughs> he hadn't pulled up yet. Can't really crawl that well, but tomorrow he's gonna walk. It's incredible, because... Being a dad of two, what I know is that both of my kids have the same personality and do the same exact thing. <laughs> so I said, wow, I can't believe Jet's gonna walk tomorrow. And then it comes and I say, what's happening? Why haven't you walked yet? What are you doing? And then, then the next month comes and then the next month. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I gotta I got take him to the doctor. We gotta check him out. I mean, let's, let's be sure he's good, right? I mean, everything's okay. And, and I know y'all laugh, but I'm 100% serious, that's how I was feeling. I was like, I don't know what's gonna happen. And then, and then at 15 months old, he stands up, 
take some wobbly steps. I said, oh, okay, just want to take his own time. Here's why I use that story. We sit up here as, as pastors and, and we develop systems and thoughts and very thoughtful things of how we hope somebody will walk through their next steps at a church. But what we understand and what I'm learning even more of is that every one of you are in a different season of life. And as a connections pastor, I may say, well, this person did it this way, this way, this way. Well, maybe that person should do it this way, this way, this way. This is just me being transparent with you. That's not how this works. And I know that that's not how this works. Every one of you, every one of you um, is in a different season. And so the question, well, what is your next step? I want you to just know this. Your next step may be different than the person next to you, but everyone has a next step. Everyone has the next thing that God is pushing them to do. So the way that we do that here at the Met, in front of you, in front of your seat back, there are cards that you'll see. One says guest and one says connect. The very first thing I can tell you is this. In order to know where you're going, you need to know where you are. You have to know where you presently are in your spiritual journey. For some of you, you're not really sure about the church thing, the God thing. Somebody, somebody brought you here, you may have passed by, maybe you're in a rough season of life, you're just not sure what you believe. On this connect card down at the bottom, you can, uh, you can, you can check a space to um, talk with a pastor. We wanna talk with you, see what God is doing in your life. For others of you, you've made a profession of faith, but you've never been baptized. And you wanna maybe, you, maybe you've thought about it, maybe you kind of heard about it, but you're unsure. That connect card down at the bottom, you check that box and it says, I wanna be baptized. And we'll, we'll talk with you about what that means. For, for the, the dads in this room that have made a profession of faith, next week we have baptism. What an incredible gift of Father's Day it would be for you to go public with your faith on Father's Day. If you look at some of these other ones, maybe you're interested in connecting with other people, connecting with a group. We start Rooted tonight. And you heard about Rooted last week. You've heard about it, I hope, through our Met Five and different other things. We start Rooted tonight. You can sign up. You can still sign up. I double-checked with Jordan, and he said, thumbs up. You can talk about it. You can sign up for Rooted, and that starts tonight, and we'll get you plugged in to a Bible study to get into a life group. We would love to do that. For others of you, maybe you say, I, I, wanna, I wanna volunteer, or maybe I'm ready to do that. And so you can check one of those cards and you can say, I'm ready to volunteer. Give me some information about it. Here's my, here's my hope today. When Rob asked me, hey, come up here and we will talk, I thought about what is the, the, the primary takeaway that I would love for the church to know about the connections ministry and what we do here, here's the biggest takeaway that I can have for you is I wanna, I want you to walk away today determined, not defeated. This, the things that we're talking about, I want them to encourage you. I don't want you to walk away and say, well, I, I'm not doing enough. Oh, well, there's always more to do. I want you to walk away and say, how can I be more involved in being connected to God and being connected to one another? I promise you, every person on our staff, myself, our team, we desire to help you. We don't wanna hinder you. I don't wanna make your life harder. I wanna help you. But if you're here and you've been here and you got questions about the church, you wanna learn things, we have a guest lunch that you can attend. 
There is a next step for every person in this room. So my hope is you'll grab that card in front of you, you'll fill it out, you can put it inside the silver box, you can take it to the info counter, which is the green counter right in the middle, you can hand it to an usher on the way out. I know that there is a next step for every person here and for us to continue what Bill and Cindy have done and to make a great legacy, we want you to be connected with God and one another. So my prayer is that this would encourage you to take that next step and to mm-hmm. do something um, with us as we join in God's work. Yeah, and I think what you need to realize, everybody, is that every decision that you make determines the path that you're gonna take, which determines your destination. So the decision to pull that card out now decision to to write your name and fill that out and hand it to somebody can help get you on the track that you need to be on to get to where God's trying to take you. And so make sure you do that before you leave. Just pull that out. I know that's tough a lot of times making that first step, but just take that out, let somebody know, and uh, we'd love to connect you and, and, and get you apart because again, it's all about growing your faith. Everything we do is growing your faith. And so make sure you do that. Let's pray and we can go home. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much for the fact that you loved us so much that you wanted to be connected with us and that's why you sent your son to die on the cross for us. And it's through his, his, uh, his life, his death, his burial and his resurrection that now we have a connection with you when we surrender our hearts to you. And God, that's what we wanna do is surrender our lives to you and to realize that we are not just called to, to love you but we are called to love others that uh, that our relationship is expanding from just you to, to the people around us. Help us to, to love others because when we love others, we're loving you, but we're also showing them your love. And that's what we wanna do is, is, is be a church that's full of people that loves other people because we want them to know you because we know you're the ultimate answer to everything in life. And so God, we just thank you for all that you do for us. God, be with us as we leave this place. Give us the courage to shine your light in, in uh, every way that we live and, and give us that courage to shine the light of Christ into the people around us. God, again, we thank you for all that you do for us. We love and praise you. We pray this all in Jesus' name, amen. Wanna thank you so much for being here and uh, we hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful week. If you've got any prayer needs, we'll have prayer team up here and make sure again, fill that out, give that to somebody and let's get connected. Take care, bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today with us. If you have any questions or prayer requests, please contact us so that we can follow up with you this week by visiting metchurch.com. We look forward to seeing you again next week.